Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. As we begin our new three-week series titled Lifelong Learners, we're going to talk about different ways to learn and grow, not just in reading, writing, and arithmetic, but also from Jesus, Scripture, and community. Jesus not only has a lot to teach us about life and faith, but also teaches us how to live into and embrace learning through the gift of questions, as he assures us it is okay to not have all the answers. In this message of the week from September 12th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from John chapter 3, the story of Nicodemus. This is an example of Jesus as teacher in our lives, no matter our age or experience. Here is the First Church message of the week. So today, as we celebrate this milestone in giving our third and some fourth graders their new Bibles, we are kicking off our sermon series that we're going to celebrate through the last of the rest of September. And this title, this sermon series is titled Lifelong Learners. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear this phrase about being lifelong learners, I cannot help but to think how for my entire life I've always been told the same thing, right? That I was told when I was yay high, and I still try to do it today, and that is that we should try to learn at least one new thing every day, right? Does anybody else here try to do that? Nope, just a couple of us. All right, well, we're going to talk about the importance of being lifelong learners this month. Now, this feels especially pertinent uh, this season, not just as we kick off all of our school programming today here at First Kids School, but also as the season turns towards fall, we know that our students and teachers are back in full-fledged and, well, it's going is the response I got today when I asked someone who works in the schools, how's it going? Well, it's going, right? So sometimes there's joy attached to it. Sometimes we're like, we get a little tired. Sometimes we need a little help along the way. And all of those things are okay. And here at First Church, we want to help you to learn and to grow and to find the joy of that learning again. And so as our programming kicks off, hopefully we're aware that, you know, some of these formal programming events are great opportunities to learn and to grow together. But, and we do have something for someone of every age, not just the children, right? Because we should all be learning all the time. But these formal program events are not the only places and times that we're invited to learn. Most of us know this. We have opportunities all around us to learn from the people and the places and the things that are around us. Now, we can learn through reading and writing and arithmetic and all those things too, right? But we also learn from relationships. We learn from reading and studying scripture. That's why we give our children Bibles. We learn from celebrating old traditions and learning new ways of living and being. In faith, we learn in all of these ways. And specifically, over these next three weeks, we're going to talk about three of the most important teachers in our lives. Those being scripture, Jesus, and community. Not in that order. This week, we're going to jump in and talk about Jesus as our teacher. And so as we do that, won't you pray with me? Lord God, won't you open our ears that we might hear you more clearly, our eyes that we might see you more clearly, and our hearts that we might love you more deeply, as you rid us from any and all distractions, so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. 
So our scripture reading today is a story about a man named Nicodemus who called upon Jesus as his rabbi. Rabbi is literally a word that means teacher. So I'm going to read this story from us. It comes from, as Sandy said, the book of John in the third chapter. The words are on the screen here in front of us if you want to follow along. It says, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a Jewish leader. He came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Nicodemus asked, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter the mother's womb for a second time and be born, isn't it? Jesus answered, I assure you, unless someone is born of water and the spirit, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised that I said to you, you must be born anew. God's spirit blows wherever it wishes. You hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. It's the same with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said, how are these things possible? Jesus answered, you are a teacher of Israel and you don't know these things? I assure you that we speak about what we know and testify about what we have seen, but you don't receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has gone up to heaven except the one who came down from heaven, the human one. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so must the human one be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Here ends our scripture reading. So like what I imagine is true for most of you or most children, when I was young, I changed my mind more times than I can count when someone would ask me, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? Now, deciding what I wanted to be was always well, an adventure, right? And I could tell stories about each and every time I changed my mind, and I'm telling you, every time I changed my mind, I spoke my new desire with great truth as if it had always been so. I wanted to be things like a nurse or a doctor. I wanted to be a police officer for a while. And then I would see those ads, especially the ones you saw in the early 90s about those poor children who were hungry, right? And I was gonna be a foreign aid worker. The one thing that came up the most often and stuck with me for the longest, though, was my desire to be a teacher. For the most part, I enjoyed school, and I wanted to be a part of caring for students the way I had seen so many of my teachers care for me and the students around me. When I was in high school especially, I was well aware that I spent more time with some of my teachers than I did with my biological family at home, especially if my teachers were also my coaches. Now, I wanted to pay forward how much they had done for me. And specifically, I didn't want to just be any teacher. I was going to be a high school math teacher because I loved math, still do. 
And I wanted to be a part of teaching others my love for math uh, because some of you just don't understand that numbers are not scary. They are so much fun. And I know some of you are looking at me already like I'm crazy. So as if to add to that, I'm the kind of person who thinks numbers are so much fun that I took calculus as an elective in college just because I could, right? Now you know if you ever had any doubt, I'm a little crazier than you thought. But by the time I got to college, I entered a different path. My faith journey was more front and center for me, and I was no longer thinking I wanted to be a teacher. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew it probably wasn't that for my own reasons. But I never forgot about this longing that I had both to teach and to be taught. Because I truly believe that learning is a lifelong process. And one of my favorite parts of being a pastor is the opportunity that I get to teach, even if not in formal education settings. I get to teach in large settings like I do on Sundays here in worship through the message. I get to teach in smaller settings such as the First Church 101 class that starts on Wednesday evening. I even get to teach in some of those one-on-one -on -one conversations, like when someone comes up to me with a question about life or faith or scripture. I love those spontaneous conversations as well. But of all these ways to teach, if I had to pick a favorite, even though I love them all, I would probably choose the one-on-one -on -one conversations, mostly because those conversations allow me not just to teach, but also to be taught. I learn a lot from you all. And the truth is, most of us are not only on a journey of learning ourselves, we're also on similar journeys of teaching. Not as formal as classroom teachers, of course, uh, although I have to give a shout out to the level of giftedness it takes to be a teacher or work in our schools. There's a level of giftedness there that not all of us possess, myself included, and so I give thanks for that and am hesitant to call myself a teacher, right? But we are all gifted in various ways and teach one another, don't we? Sometimes it's those formal ways we've talked about. Other ways, maybe you're mentoring or training someone at work, or you're mentoring friends, colleagues, our own children, as we teach them ways of living and being and praying. Other times still, we teach one another simply by modeling behavior. Now, this goes both ways, right? Has anyone ever had a toddler say something unexpected and you go, where did you learn that? Sometimes we accidentally teach lessons, and other times we model good behavior that's just as accidental. Like what it teaches people around us when you're at the grocery store with a heaping cart full and someone comes up behind you with one item and you let them go in front of you. Sometimes... Our kindness is what teaches people around us. My guess is that most of us are teaching right alongside our learning each and every day, even and perhaps especially in ways we don't always realize it. Yet it is precisely in those moments that I imagine most of us are not likely to call ourselves teachers, right? And one of the things I find interesting about this is that some of life's greatest teachers wouldn't call themselves teachers either. I mean, Jesus didn't. He did come close a couple of times. He affirmed his disciples when they called upon him as Jesus, as their uh, teacher and Lord. 
But Jesus wasn't really big on labels. He let others get to that. But what he did think was important was letting people around him worry about things like that in order to focus on setting an example and teaching through example. And as someone who personally doesn't love labels either for myself or others, I appreciate this about Jesus because I don't find labels always to be helpful. And yet even as we name that, sometimes they are, aren't they? I mean, after all, how would we try to describe who we are to one another without some labels? For example, who is Jesus to you? Can anyone name who Jesus is to you without giving a label? It's hard, right? What if we did use a label? Who is Jesus to you? Brother? Savior? Good. Lord? Friend? Right? Teacher, I hope? There are countless ways that we relate to Jesus, and I'm sure you have your own words that you're contemplating in your heart. In our passage today, Nicodemus called upon Jesus as his teacher. It tells us in John 3, 2, that Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could do these miraculous signs that you do unless God is with him. Now, greeting Jesus as teacher here Jesus immediately responds to Nicodemus in one of the classic ways only Jesus can by seemingly trying to confuse him, right? Because Jesus answers him. He says, I assure you, unless someone is born anew, it's not possible to see God's kingdom. Now, for many of us here today, this might not be that confusing at all. We have read this story or grown up with this language. Most of us are not foreign to what it means to be born anew. We know what Jesus meant when he talked about being born again. But Nicodemus didn't. And as a Jewish leader in the first century, he had been taught that he should take everything literally and at face value. So we can imagine then his shock when Jesus tells him he has to be born again or born anew, as it says here. I mean, what does that even mean, really, in a literal way? He wasn't sure, and so he asked Jesus, how is it possible for an adult to be born? It's impossible to enter a mother's womb for the second time and be born, isn't it? I mean, that seems like a pretty ridiculous question to us today, a little, doesn't it? But can you see how unhelpful it can be when we take some things literally that weren't meant to be? This week, I had one of those conversations with people that I love, those spontaneous one-on-one conversations with someone. We were talking about how hard it can be to read scripture because there's a lot of information in a little bit of space. And how do we figure out what's important? How do we figure out what's literal and what's not? And I don't want to get too much into what it means to have scripture as our teacher because Pastor Abigail is going to talk more about that next week. But this is a good example about why reading scripture can be so hard, isn't it? Because sometimes I wonder, are we supposed to take Jesus literally and try to enter our mother's womb a second time? Because that's really awkward, guys. That's really awkward, isn't it? So of course we're not. It's weird sometimes the things that are said in scripture, isn't it? 
But that's the joy of learning from it. You know, in the first century, this idea of being born again was brand new to them. And so they not only relied on Jesus to teach them more about who God is, but also a way about ways that God could come in, ways that God could transform our lives as well. They were relying on Jesus as their teacher to show them a new way. Only when Jesus does that here, it seems to confuse them more than when they started. Can you imagine how frustrating that must have been to finally get to sit down with Jesus and have him just confuse you more and more and more? And then to make matters worse, Nicodemus, he's a good learner. As a teacher, he's got to be one of the favorite because he asks questions, but only good ones, right? Not the, uh, not the questions that frustrate everybody. Why? 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 Those aren't good questions, right? But those questions that really get to the heart of it, trying to understand, trying to wrap our mind around it. Here and throughout Scripture, though, have you ever noticed what Jesus usually does when he's asked a question? He answers it with a question. Now, Jesus does this a couple of times in our passage today, right? So I'm going to give an example. In verse 9, Nicodemus asks Jesus how all of these things he's teaching are possible. And that's when Jesus turns around and asks him, you are a teacher of Israel, and you don't know these things? Can you imagine Jesus asking you that when you ask a question? Now, to be clear, I don't think Jesus asked Nicodemus this to question him or to shame him as much as he wanted to show him another way. As much as he wanted to remind him, it's okay not to have all the answers, even and perhaps especially when our culture tells us that we should. They didn't have Google to look it up quick, right? It's okay to not know all the answers. And more than that, Jesus seems to want to take this opportunity to teach Nicodemus another way. And to help him to remember that not only do none of us have all the answers except for God, but also we can and should be surprised sometimes by the people around us who know things we don't. In life and in faith, Jesus and Nicodemus and all of us know that there will always be people with experiences and with expertise that are different from our own. We should not turn away from this. We should celebrate it. And when we find those people, we should listen and we should ask questions. And not questions like those gotcha games that some people love to play, right? But the kind of questions that really, truly help us to understand. Because that is the kind of teacher that Jesus was. The kind of teacher that asked questions to invite us to dig a little deeper to invite us to know that since God knows everything and only God knows everything, we are honoring God when we ask more questions, when we do more research, when we trust people who know more than us, and when we are willing to think critically about what we hear and find. That is what Jesus seems to be inviting Nicodemus to do here. And it's what invites us to consider throughout Scripture. Nearly every time Jesus pauses in a moment of teaching, 
because Jesus loves to ask questions. One of my favorite questions or examples of this is in a different book in the Gospel of Luke in chapter 10, when Jesus is asked that question maybe many of us have thought about before. Jesus is asked, teacher, what must I do to gain eternal life? Anybody want to know the answer to that question? And you know how Jesus replies? He asks, what is written in the law, and how do you interpret it? How do you interpret it? In other words, he wants to know, how are you thinking critically about our lives, about our faith, about our scriptures, about God? How are we inviting reflection and learning each and every day as modeled after our greatest teacher, Jesus, who wants us to learn and know him more? by learning and knowing more about the world around us each and every day. God is at work in the big and the small things alike, and Jesus invites us to take time to see and learn from those moments. And the best way to do this, as modeled by Jesus, is to make sure that when we don't know something, we're asking questions, we're digging deep, and we're seeking to know that in our questions, perhaps even more than our confident answers, that's where Jesus is waiting. That's where Jesus wants us to dive in and where he's right there alongside us waiting to teach us new ways to live, to be, and to learn each and every day. Let's pray. Faithful and loving God, we give you thanks for the ways that Jesus lived a life full of example that we can learn from. We thank you, God, for the assurance that it's okay not to have all the answers and that you are ever-present in our questions. In the moments of doubt or uncertainty, God, may you help us to lean in to Jesus, our teacher, our savior, and our friend. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.